I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are three guys who, if combined, would make one hell of a woodworker. Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, it's Wood Talk number 274 for September 25th, 2015, and it's a weekend edition of Wood Talk. Finally, we're back on our regular schedule on, uh, right, time to celebrate. On today's show, we're giving design and uh, construction advice on a blanket chest. So we have one question that we'll read from James later on. Um, yeah, you know what? Let's just get right to it. I, sometimes I read stuff on the weekend show. Sometimes I don't. I don't feel like doing it today. No, let's not. Let's just not get right into it. the meat and potatoes yeah, of this. I'm not the only reason I'm saying meat and potatoes is because uh, I'm hungry. Potatoes. All right. So James emailed us, and it's kind of a catch-all, lots of different aspects sort of question. So we'll try to break it down as much as we can. He says, I am planning on building my future daughter-in-law a bridal chest for their wedding in October. I want to make it out of frame and panel construction. I bought some sapelli for the main structure, but I would like to make the panels out of a complimentary wood. Could you recommend a complimentary wood that would look good with sapelli? There's question one. Somebody write that down. Okay. I would like question to one, use complimentary woods. <laughs> I would like to use an exact. This is the first time I'm reading this too, by the way. So <laughs> let's hope for the best. I would like to use an exotic veneer on the panels, but I can't because I really like the profile of my Freud rail and style router bit set and wouldn't be able to uh, raise the veneered MDF panel. I, so, okay. So no veneer, write that down. Okay, no veneer. Okay, good. I have made a veneered MDF panel before, surrounded it with matching hardwood, but that is really a P-I-T-A. P-I-T-A, write that down. Sandwich. Pita. Okay. Pita. Yeah, I love mine with like lamb and like some good uh, cucumber sauce. Oh, Ooh, you like it a juice, don't Zuki you? sauce. Yes. Oh, so good. All right. I lost my place. Now I'm hungry. I could not I could not find a plan that included the way I would like to build this chest. I plan on making separate frame and panels and then constructing or connecting one panel to another using dowels. Uh, something, I guess he's going to use the Dalmax system. Will there be a problem with wood movement using this method? And what about the lid? Should I make it with frame and panels as well or just laminate the boards to make it a very wide lid? If I laminate, should I use breadboard ends? Now, Shannon brought this up at the beginning. Normally, we poo-poo questions like this and we say, no, 
No. Right. Do right. not ask 20 questions in one email because we will not answer it. But in this case, uh, this is something that makes a perfect. <laughs> but in this case, we're just going to dedicate a whole show to it and encourage you people to do it in the future. It, well, you know what? We'll just keep doing this on uh, the single topic shows if it's useful to people. Heck yeah. All right. So let's get into it. So the first uh, section of this question, Shannon, I'll let you lead this conversation since you probably have read this question the most. And my brain is uh, All right, half dead enough. at the point. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd like to say, since he's asking for a complimentary wood spelled with an I, uh, what you need is a wood that's very nice mm. and tells you how pretty you look. A pretty that's wood. Important that's part. what I was thinking because I never, I usually get smacked in the face with the wood. Sometimes yeah. if you go, if you just go out to the board and go, you smell great. Right. It likes it. Now, if you're looking for a complimentary wood spelled with an E, complimentary instead of complimentary. God, you got to love the English language. It's so messed up. <laughs> um, I I think the key here is complimentary, not contrasting. Um, we're getting into design thing. And anytime you start talking about design, it gets a little kind of that's your opinion and shut up. Um, I think you got to be really close to the same color palette. Um, you know, Sapili is deep red, very deep red. Um, if you go with something like maple, it's just, I don't know. Garish. It's jarring. Yes. Garish. That's the perfect mm-hmm. word for it. But if you go with something even redder, like Paduk, that's even worse, you know? So you kind of pick. Garisher. Garisher. <laughs> uh, you kind of want to pick midtones out. So browns are good. Um, and, you know, to me, I, I've done stuff in walnut and spiel before. And it looks fantastic. But what he's looking at is the panels. And the panels are usually kind of that, like, thing that pops. That's like the showpiece, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's where we get a little bit more difficult. I, I think, I don't know. It just depends on what a sapili looks like. If he's using Quartersan sapili that's got that ribbon stripe figure in it, that's already a lot of stuff going on. So I would go more plain on the panels. But if it's flat sans sapili and it's not all that interesting, then you can do something interesting on the um on the the whatchamacallit the panels yeah now the thing know. is though it's 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 a little bit tricky because a lot of this does come down to personal taste uh and and i think as you get a little deeper into woodworking you see more furniture being made you you initially you're going to throw a lot of contrasting colors together because right. you realize you can and it does <laughs> look cool but there's a point right. i almost i don't want to speak for everybody but i think we've had conversations about this and the three of us agree that eventually you get to that less is more thing and the, the deep contrast suddenly isn't as fun as it used and to you be. stop buying paduk yes <laughs> exactly you go you know what this don't go with nothing <clears throat> so uh, you know what like what comes to mind for me is just well why not just go sapelli all the way through right? yeah i mean and and that's what's cool is sapelli can really have some crazy um, figure to it. Yeah. If you get a nice quarter sawn panel, it can be really beautiful. A flat sawn panel, there's these great like dark blackish lines in between the early and the late growth in it that is really beautiful. Um, so there, there's something to be said about all one species. Yeah, and know? especially if he can isolate enough boards to have maybe just the frames be out of flat sawn and you know quarter sawn or riff sawn for the panels or vice versa. Um, just to go. give it a little yeah. bit of a visual punch, but not hit you in the face with a hammer. That's what well, I keep- was thinking is like when it came to the actual frame itself, my mind, my mindset is, uh, yeah, forget going, looking for that complimentary wood, start playing with the figure itself. Uh, and the way I see it is like with the panels, I would probably want something that's a little bit more highly figured. And then the actual frame itself would be a little bit more muted. not the right mm-hmm. word, but just like more straight lines or something. It just yeah. – really let it pop that way because i'm one of those people that while i like highly figured 
pieces. I I don't like them being I mean, like all highly figured. It's like, well, that's way that's way too much figure there, buddy. Let's back. <laughs> yeah. Let's tone no, that I, down. I totally bit. agree on that. Well, I also think um, going back to Mark's point about kind of the maturation of your design sense, you start to play with the line more than the species. And he's already going to add interest and punctuation into this with some sort of cope and stick profile. Yeah. He's got his Freud rail and Steider bit, and he's talking about raising the panel. So there's a panel profile in there, whether it's a straight chamfer or OG, but some sort of fillet and raised field there. There's shadow lines that are coming with that. So if you put a bunch of figure in there, that's going to compete with those those actual physical lines and shadows that you're already creating. Mm-hmm. So you might want to be really careful Um, this is a less is more thing no doubt about it these are basically kitchen cabinet uh, doors Uh, if people are unfamiliar with what we're talking about that you know obviously you have a lot of different profiles you can have for for this cope and stick style raised panel joints but ultimately you're talking about something that's fairly visually ornate compared to like a classic mission style frame and panel Mm -hmm. you know so you're right there's a lot going on visually without changing i think if he definitely wants to do a different species and he does say i'd like to use an exotic veneer so you're kind of getting an insight into what he's thinking he wants something that's really going to pop i even then think get something that's maybe an exotic species but have it be riffs on um you know just so you don't interfere with whatever that shape of the raised panel would be sure you know throw a straight grain macassar ebony in there or something of course you're not going to buy that in hardwood unless you (laughs) mortgage your you know, house. <laughs> right. Um, I thought you were talking um, about a monkey species. Now he does say in here, uh, you know, you can't veneer a raised panel. I know people that do it all the time, um, by skinning them. Um, if you get commercial veneer that is really, really thin, um, you can actually skin a panel and you end up, uh, folding it over that fillet on the raised panel and it actually breaks along the grain there. But if you do it right, it closes it up perfectly. Um, and you can just, uh, imagine like using a vacuum press um, with something really, really thin. It's going to just conform to that mm-hmm. shape. You're asking for some trouble there, though. It <laughs> might be a little bit harder to do than you're willing to to deal with. You know, I was just thinking, I remember way back in the day, I had a client project that he uh, wanted this unique raised panel design where the interior topmost raised portion was of the same species as the frame. And then the mm-hmm. profile itself was a different species like a maple. So let's just say it's a maple and walnut contrast. So I had to come up with a way of, of laminating a piece of walnut on top that was just the right thickness so that when I put it through the router bit, it exposed the maple that was underneath and essentially created this border that goes around the inner perimeter of the frame. Um, so if you want to take a look at it, it's just on a, on my website, um, thewoodwhisperer.com, look for fancy raised panel. And I don't go into incredible detail, but it might give you some inspiration on ways that you can pull something in and make a little bit less of a statement because it's just kind of the outside trim of that inner panel as opposed to the entire thing being something uh, contrasting. But that might, if he's looking to do something kind of neat, um, well, that, and what's to say cool. he doesn't go ahead and route whatever the profile is and then just buy a piece of commercial veneer yeah. and just glue it onto that. There you go. That's uh, easy enough that to raise do. field instead of right. your crazy <laughs> difficult way. Shannon, um, that is much easier. Thank you. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It? Where, where were you no, all that time yeah, Where were you five years ago? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a lot easier. Dang. Well, all right. So uh, we beat that one to death. So sure, we're sure. talking about frame and panels on all four sides of this case, and he's going to use a dowel max to join them at the corners. Um, first and foremost, what do you guys feel about using dowels to join together a case like this? And second of all, do you think there's going to be a wood movement problem? Terrible idea. 
would. I would I, use it. I, I have no problems with yeah. using that. I don't see any wood movement issues because you're looking at frame and panel construction. So you're limited to maybe, oh, what, a, a, at the most, a three-inch wide rail on yeah. there or style. So I, I don't see any issues. Yeah, Sapele is really stable too, so that's even more reason to not worry about it. Um, traditionally, when you look at these cases, a lot of times they're dovetailed to the corner. Um, but when you go back into um, Jacobean style chests, like those carved chests that Peter Follinsby makes and everything, those use mortise and tenons into send into like corner posts. Um, I'm trying to think of a style. A lot of times it's just rabbits at the corner which is certainly not a super, super strong joint. So I wouldn't think there'd be any problem strength-wise with using dowels. I don't have any problem well, with that. I actually did something like this. Do you guys remember way b- I keep referring to my own crap, and I apologize for that. Um, you guys remember way back when with Dwayne's steamer trunk? Yes. Yeah. That was a frame and panel design, and Dwayne was having this. The whole reason I got in touch with Dwayne in the first place was because he was having trouble following the plan. So I wanted to come up with a simplified version of how to make that project. And one of the ways we simplified it was to, because you're basically looking at two vertical styles meeting each other on the outside. Now you cut a rabbit there and you glue those pieces together. You're now looking at a long grain to long grain glue bond in a right. rabbit. It's not your average type of rabbit joint. So it actually is is really strong. And all you need to do if you wanted to reinforce it, uh, drill a couple of holes, drive in some quarter inch uh, dowels and trim them flush and you could actually use an accent wood if you want to i mean it sounds like he's doing things for the sake of accents uh, so that could be a very good solution just to add a little bit of visual punctuation there but all you need is a simple rabbit on the outside of your frames and those pieces are going to go together really nice Heck yeah. yeah which yeah, no. might actually be i think it would be easier because mm-hmm. dowels actually require a fair amount of precision i mean well, that's why we have jigs like the dowel max yeah. system because if that's misaligned at all Especially in a case like this, you're yep. screwed. And I think that thing right. does work really well. He's got the right one if he's if he's trying to do right. that. He's already got it. So use it. <clears throat> use it. But, um hey, what was the yeah. was it Christian Bexfort? Uh, Matt, you might remember this. I think we reviewed one of his DVDs. He mm-hmm. did a wall hanging cabinet type design, and he had a really cool trick that involved making the rabbit deep enough on the adjoining piece so that the leftover material is maybe only I don't know, an in, uh, eighth of an inch, maybe a little bit thicker than that. And then on the final piece, he chamfered the edge. So what it did was, because you're chamfering it at a 45 degree angle and then it meets its adjoining piece, it actually makes the whole thing look uh, completely disguised. So you have a, right. we have a, just a plain old rabbit joint, but because you give it an edge profile where the other piece begins, suddenly you don't even see it anymore. Huh. It was like a really, cool. really cool technique um, that I think would apply to this as well if he doesn't mind having a little bit of an edge profile, especially a chamfer uh, works particularly well for that. Yeah, maybe it might even complement whatever that profile is from his uh, rail and, and style router bit. You know, maybe he's using mm-hmm. more of a, a chamfered uh, profile on the inside there, or maybe when it's slightly rounded over, you could potentially maybe even kind of slightly round that one over yeah, to I be think like, it would still work. wow, they all match. Matchy, matchy. See, I think wow. you should run a chamfer on the corner and then a groove down the center of the chamfer with some highly figured bird's eye maple just slotted right in there. Why not? I mean, yeah, let's do it. Let's just do it. Just contrast the crap out of it. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So let's move on All to right. the next part. So then he, he's asking about the lid. Um, since the whole thing is frame and panel, should I go ahead and make the lid frame and panel or should I laminate the boards to make a wide lid? And if I do laminate, should I use breadboard ends? So frame and panel or uh, laminated top? What say you? 
I, I myself would probably go more towards the laminated top. I just like the idea of it being one big piece. Um, and, and I don't know, the, the frame and panel sounds nice. I'm sure maybe it probably would look absolutely gorgeous. Uh, it would be, go along with everything that's in there. But that almost at some point to me, I'm picturing this in my mind, that that's, that's too much frame and panel as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, less is and, more again, right? Yeah, yep, exactly. Uh, you know, and then when when it came to like the breadboard ends, that's always a possibility. But my thought kind of goes to why not using like some sort of cleats on the interior side? That's going to be when it's closed, you don't see those cleats. It would help to keep those rather stable, mm-hmm. and so it'd be yet another option. Yeah, and I would say no on the frame and panels. A couple different reasons. Number one, what do most people do with blanket chests? <laughs> oh, they, sit, they on sit on them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, besides put stuff in them, they sit on them. And a frame and panel isn't a great candidate for somebody's big butt to, to sit on there. So that would have me concerned. Also, that is the horizontal surface that will get or have the most need for cleaning. So if you're yeah, having that yes. cleaning and dust and all that stuff, eventually you're going to have really deep caked in dust into the crevices of your profiles. Um, so I think it's a much better candidate if, you, if you've got something that's got at least a flat, simple profile, easy to clean. Uh, and I, I agree with Matt. I think breadboard ends, I think it's, you know, flip a coin. Do you or do you want them to have breadboard ends? I think it's almost more a visual thing. I, as long yeah. as the wood's stable, it's not like there's a necessity for breadboard ends. Yeah, breadboard is not the only way to stabilize a top like that. And yeah. most of those chests, they had a cleat. Yep. Um, and the cleat actually helps to kind of center the lid on top, which, by the way, makes hinge installation a lot easier hmm. um, if you've got those cleats in there. But again, it comes down to editing, um, breadboard ends, I think would look cool, but you know, how much visual focus is that taking away? Um, the only people that I've seen get away with this type of stuff are like the green brothers. Like they didn't edit a damn thing. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's detail everywhere and somehow they made it work. So I'm not going to say that it's not possible, but at the same time I'm reminded, um, actually I think it was one of Daryl, uh, Daryl Peart's classes where it was like a green and green elements class where you made like a corner of a table. And it had like every single element from all the different um, uh, bungalows, green and green bungalows. And it was meant to be a study piece. Um, And actually, um, you guys remember Steve Taylor. Uh, He moved over to Germany. Um, Mm -hmm. Steve was in that class and he stopped by the lumberyard on his way back through town and he showed it to me. It was really cool, but it was like, to use Mark's term, really garish (laughs) because it wasn't meant to be a design. It was meant to like try out all these different techniques but it was like every single thing in the toolbox was thrown at this one little corner of table and it was like oh my god <laughs> green and green just wonder, threw up on that table do you ever wonder if like during that time period the green and green brothers were like this is we're going to do this and it's going to revolutionize design it's going to be amazing and then everybody else looked at it and went we are not going to be the green and green brothers no. do not put that in our projects you know <laughs> the amazing thing about the green and green sort of arena of of details is that somehow they managed to do it right. Now, I mean, if you don't like it, you don't like it, right? But if you look at someone who's new to green and green and they just kind of make their own thing, they tend to make things scaled too high. Their details are usually too thick. Their plugs are usually too proud. And when you see it done that way, you suddenly go, oh, that is, that's too much of a bad thing right there. Uh, but when you look at a true green and green piece or something done by a Daryl Peart or a William Eng, um, these, these guys know the details and suddenly all of those extra details, they somehow organically work. And I think yeah. that is one of the magic things about green and green that also can be one of the divisive things about it. All those details are there, but I don't know, somehow they made it work and they made it look good. Yeah. So James, the point is, 
editing is good. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of construction questions here, but there's also a lot of design decisions that you have to make. So I think we're actually kind of in agreement on this. Um, I would say the same thing that you guys did about the top. So mm-hmm. cool. there you go. If you don't use okay. our, um, our suggestions, then just don't ever write into the show again. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're dead to us. Um, <laughs> there's another link again. I'm doing it again. There's another link I want you to look at. Uh, it's called purple heart hope chest study in color. And this is a article I wrote years ago about a guy who sent me this beautiful designed hope chest. And he liked my purple heart and maple cutting board so much that he included it as an element in the raised panels of his hope chest. And once I got it, I found myself in a weird position of trying to give him constructive feedback while, you know, not wanting to offend the guy. And we got into a big discussion about it and he was totally okay with me using it as my personal example of someone who took it a little too far. You know, where a little little (laughs) bit of a good, you know, just a little bit is a good thing, but too much of a good thing gets to be a bad thing. Um, And you know what? Some people in the comments disagreed with me and that's what personal taste is all about. But I think if you you look at this, you'll get an idea of what we mean by going a little bit too far with the, the visual impact that some of these changing contrasting colors can have. You know, well, and it I, wouldn't be the first time that somebody has sent us pictures of projects where the three of us have gone, and then they've gone, isn't it beautiful? You're like, uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> it's pretty. Yes. Well, since Mark's doing it, I'll do it. I've got a post called Good Design is Not Just Because I Can. Um, nice. And it was actually a visit to a really high-end gallery up in Maine uh, five years ago or so. And, you know, of course, the first thing is, is the price tags on some of these pieces. Typical woodworker. It's just a bench. I I can't believe they're charging that much for that iPad holder. Um, It's a block of wood. But this was just like the most incredible figured woods all thrown together. And to me, and just like you said, Mark, I I had people who are like, oh, I love that. And then people are like, oh, my God, that's awful. So, yeah. Matt, you got one you want to throw in? Yeah, actually, it, it, this one is right a, uh, it's a link oh, to a family picture where my mom's great aunt Bertha <laughs> is showing off how she wears far too much makeup for women not only her age, but for any woman. <laughs> AwkwardFamilyPhotos.com. Uh, fantastic. Yes. Cool. All right. Well, I think that just about wraps it up. Hopefully, James, we answered your question. And uh, I don't know, maybe if you guys like this, let us know. Uh, Shannon let me know that uh, apparently we did this once in the past and we got really good feedback on it, which is why it took us over a year to do it again. Uh, (laughs) Because clearly we're hard-headed and don't listen to feedback. So That's right. If you're telling us it's a good thing, we're going to try and convince you that you should probably rethink it. (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that. All right, Matt, how about you give them the contact info and we'll get out of here. All right. Hey, folks, do you have a comment, question, or topic suggestion? Several different ways to contact us. Leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our username is Online. Call our voicemail line at 623-242-5180. Email us at kickback at woodtalkshow.com or leave us a comment on our Woodtalk Facebook page. And if you're looking for the show notes or downloads for today's show or previous episodes, you're going to find them over at woodtalkshow.com. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend, and we'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.